0: Well, I want to thank all of you for being here this Easter weekend and celebrating such an important time with us. I hope you have a tremendous time with friends and family as we remember the good news that death has been defeated and Jesus is Lord. Now, you might want to know that I grew up in a church that did not celebrate Easter or, for that matter, any religious holiday. Well, honestly, I grew up in a church that didn't celebrate anything. In fact, our favorite song at VBS was, if you're happy and you know it, you must be doing something wrong. So you did not know it was Christmas season at the church I grew up in by Christmas trees in the foyer or by those great hymns that celebrate the birth of Christ. You did not know it was Easter because of a banner on the churchyard that said, he is risen. But that's okay, because I always knew what holiday it was by the clothes. You see, at Christmas, people would break out the ugly sweaters. And for Easter, the sure sign was hats and shoes. The women would wear new dresses with new hats, and the guys would bust out their white shoes. That's right. I grew up in the 1970s, the absolute worst fashion decade in the history of civilization. My senior picture, I am rocking a maroon double knit suit with a purple shirt with white polka dots, with a big fat white tie, big fat white belt, and my shiny white shoes and I made it look good (laughs) you say why was the 70s the worst fashion decade in history simple because all the fashion designers in the 70s went to school in the 60s and all they did was take drugs and if you are from the 70s and you want to push back a little bit and say I don't remember our clothes being that ugly I just have two words for you leisure suits and yes, I owned some leisure suits. And I stopped wearing them once I found out they caused cancer. So, <laughs> I would go to church on Sunday. And when I saw the new hats and the white shoes, I knew it was a special day. And the interesting thing is, the tradition of wearing new clothes on Easter... Is traced all the way back to Jesus. Because at the end of the gospel of John. When the women on Easter Sunday go to the tomb. And the stone is rolled away. And the body is missing. They come and tell the disciples. It says Peter and John ran there. And they looked inside. And you've always heard it was an empty tomb. That's not totally accurate. There was something in the tomb. Old Grave clothes. The clothes they put on the dead body of Jesus were still in the tomb. So I guess maybe the angels brought him some new clothes to wear. And the disciples had to have had their memories jogged to that time just recently when they had looked inside another formerly occupied tomb that was now unoccupied. It was the tomb of their good friend Lazarus. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and Jesus loved the whole family. In fact, the Bible says he would hang at their house a lot, but he's often a different part of the country when he gets word from the sisters that Lazarus is very sick. Not just a little sick, but one of those, this could be really bad kind of sick sicknesses. So, Jesus, rather than immediately going to Bethany where Lazarus was sick, stayed a couple more days. In fact, by the time he got there, Lazarus had died. They'd already had the service and he was in the tomb and it was shut. And as far as Mary and Martha were concerned, this powerful Messiah that could heal the sick was late. So he shows up and they tell the sisters and Martha gets up to meet Jesus on the road. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, oh, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Die, do you believe this? And it's a great question because Jesus is not asking Martha if she believes in a doctrine called resurrection. He did not say, I give a resurrection, I promise a resurrection, I guarantee a resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? Because ultimately, Easter's not a day and Easter's not a concept. Easter is a person to trust. Do you believe Jesus? I've tried to pattern my ministry after him because I really do think he is the son of God. But there's been one area of my ministry where Jesus is no help. And that's how to conduct a funeral. Because every time Jesus went to a funeral, he would just say, get up. And the funeral was over. And so he is not challenged by the task of raising Lazarus. The challenge Jesus has and the challenge he has always had is raising faith in his identity. Because it is always easier to acknowledge a doctrine than it is to surrender to a person. And so all over the world, orthodox Christians are meeting And agreeing in their head in the idea of resurrection, and then they will go and live like Easter never happened. Their lives are not centered on the reality that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. And Jesus is still asking that question. Do you believe in me? Because. It will change everything. Especially what you wear. Now I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. So they take Jesus to the tomb. And when he gets there. He starts to cry. And it says, deeply moved, he came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he said, take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been there four days. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe You will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said. Father I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. That they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this. Jesus called in a loud voice. Lazarus. Come out. The dead. Man came out. His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now, I believe Jesus is Lord. And in this text, Jesus gave three commands. And if Jesus says to do something, there's a reason to obey it. And the very first thing Jesus said was, take away the stone. Because Jesus is giving us hope. And as soon as he said that, the voice of doubt. Arose and Jesus was reminded that Lazarus has been dead for four days. And the reason that mattered was that in those days when technology and science were more primitive, you weren't always sure if a guy was dead or not. Maybe he was in a deep coma and a day later he would come back. But by four days, if he's dead, the body starts to stink. By four days, if he's dead, dead, not mostly dead, but dead, dead, there's going to be an odor. And so Martha is saying, God, you're too late. And we've all, let's be honest, we have all told God he was too late. And so, on what day did you give up? Because we live in a fourth-day world. And there was that day when you said, I'll never get well. I'll never get fit. I'll never get out of debt. I'll never get a job. I'll never get over what they did. To me, My marriage will never get better. My son will never come home. My daughter will never straighten up. We'll never have kids. Was it the fourth day? Or the 44th day? Or the 444th day? We live in a fourth day. Day world. And there is great pressure. To conform to what has always been. To settle for status quo. And to let decay win the day. And so on this Easter day. We must decide. If we believe that Jesus is. The resurrection. That we will not let the hum. Of a fallen World, Drown out the call of the risen Christ. Jesus is asking them. And Jesus is asking us to step in the direction of our profession. You said you believe I am the resurrection. Then take away the stone. He's asking us to take a step in the direction of. Of hope. The Bible says in 1 Peter, in his great mercy, God has given us a hope that is alive. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Easter people are hopeful people. And hope is not positive thinking that if I just try harder, I'll get it right next time. Hope is passionate trust in what God can do. Because God is no respecter of stones. So don't put a period where God has put a comma. God is no respecter of stones. He is the redeemer of the people that are trapped behind them. And so he said next, Lazarus, come out. And I agree with the old preacher that said the reason he said Lazarus is because if he had just said, come out, all the dead people around there would have come up. And by the way, someday he is going to shout and everybody is going to come up. But on this day, he just wanted Lazarus back. Because Jesus is calling us out. And I used to wonder, why did he cry? Right before he raised Lazarus. He knew what he was about to do. So he wasn't crying because he was sad for Lazarus. I believe Jesus was disturbed. I believe he was deeply upset. As he came face to face with what sin has done to the divine intent. You see, he was there when God created this world. He saw how good it was. It was not a world meant for cemeteries. And for cancer wards. And for rehab centers. And for divorce courts. And for abortion clinics. That's not the world his father made. But it's the world that sin has messed up. And so he knows. There's something deeper going on here. Before I can defeat death. I must destroy sin. And that is why the biggest test. Jesus ever faced was not an occupied tomb. It was an unoccupied cross. The Bible says in Romans 4, Jesus was given to die for our sins. And he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. You see, what sin did was introduce death to the whole world. God said in the very beginning, if you turn your back on me and if you disobey and rebel against me, you're going to die because he's the source of life. When you get disconnected from God, you get disconnected from real eternal life. And what happens is that we all wind up dead. This is why the Bible says... Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Now, the reason the world doesn't think it's dead is because deadness is normal. When you're surrounded by deadness, it feels normal. But the reality is the world is cut off from the life of God. And what can a dead man do to save himself? And there's only one right answer. Nothing. Lazarus was not making a cognitive decision. If I just hear my name, I think I will get up. He was dead. Do you understand? When you are dead, you are without hope. It doesn't matter whether you're rich dead or poor dead or Republican dead or Democrat dead. If you are dead, you are dead. You can't do anything to save yourself. So do you understand that when he said Lazarus come out in the very word of command was the power to enable him to respond to the command. That the God who is calling you from deadness to life is in fact giving you the very life you need to respond to the call. And that's why later it says but God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even though we were dead. Because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. So if you are saved today, if you have received new life in Christ today, you don't judge, you don't look down at anybody, you're not condescending, because you know you are only alive because of the gift of God. He saved dead people. And there's no reason to live one more day dead in your sins. Because it's not up to you to do something. It's up to you to respond to the call of Jesus. But the call. And by the way, he is calling some of you today by name. The call. Not just to leave the tomb. The call is to leave your clothes. Because when he said, Lazarus, come out. He did. Just like this. And so, Jesus said one more thing. And it might have been the most important command of all. Take off the grave close and let him go because Easter means Jesus is setting us loose and I want to take a moment now and ask you to really lean into the next two minutes because I'm about to explain why you can see Christians that say they believe what they believe that behave like they behave okay first I need to tell you about Christopher Miller he was arrested about a year ago in Toms River, New Jersey, for robbing a Stride Right shoe store. Here's why that story is interesting. Fifteen years ago, he was arrested for robbing the exact same store. He was sent to prison for 15 years. He got out of prison, was released in Atlantic City, bought a bus ticket went to Toms River, New Jersey, got off the bus, went to the exact same store to rob it again. They wouldn't cooperate. He got agitated, grabbed some money, grabbed a few cell phones from the employees, ran down the street, threw the money in the gutter, the cell phones in the trash, and a few blocks later was arrested because, as the sheriff said, Christopher has no idea what to do with freedom. He only knows life behind bars and he wants to stay there and there are a lot of Christians and they are saved they have been raised to new life in Jesus Christ but they are still bound in the garbs of death they are still enslaved by the choices and the habits of their old life because there is a fashion designer out there who wants to tell you how to dress you may have heard the story of the man who was watching sports on tv all afternoon so his wife said well if you're going to do that i'm gonna go to the mall and walk around a couple hours he said fine but just don't buy anything well she came back two hours later with a brand new dress He said, I thought we agreed you weren't going to buy anything. She said, I didn't intend to. I just wanted to try it on to see how it looked. But when I put it on in the dressing room, a devil showed up. And he said, my, you look good in that dress. And the husband said, you should have said, get thee behind me, Satan. She said, I did. He said, ooh, it looks good from the back too. And many people, listen, many people just like you. Are going to heaven. But they are going through hell. Because they won't put on their Easter clothes. They are still wearing the old clothes. That stink of death. That they wore before they got saved. Because they don't understand now they have been set free and they don't have to carry that around with them anymore. Do you really believe that the death and the resurrection of Jesus is powerful enough to forgive you of all your past junk, but not powerful enough to free you from all your junk? Because the Bible says in Ephesians 1, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave Our sins. Easter means forgiveness. But it also means freedom. It means he's calling you out of that deadness. But it also means he is setting you free. So you don't have to go through life like that. He came to redeem us. But also to release us. To be who God intended for us to be. In other words, you don't get free and come to Jesus. You come to Jesus and you get free. Somebody tweet that. And so, for the next few weeks, we are going to talk about what does it mean to live in the kind of Easter freedom that we were meant for That Jesus purchased for us. That he rose from the grave to give to us. You don't have to live in bondage to a bad temper. You don't have to live in prison to your lust. You don't have to live enslaved to greed and to a bad attitude. You don't have to live in the prison of what you did. Or the prison of what somebody did to you. You don't have to live the rest of your life fearful and worried. And being a people pleaser, constantly in concern about what somebody else thinks about you. You can live free. And you know how you can? Well, I'm going to tell you next week. But I'm going to give you a hint right now. Because some of you are living in a prison that the resurrection of Jesus unlocked. And the wrong question is, do I have enough grit and willpower to overcome this? And the right question is, Did the resurrection of Jesus break every chain and overcome every bondage? And am I in him? Because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And freedom is the capacity to live your life life like the new person God has recreated you to be because Jesus got up none of us have to be held down anymore by anything that stinks and belongs in a grave you don't ever put a comma for God has put a period, and God has said that prison life is over. But you have to trust a person, not just agree with a doctrine. I read a touching story a few months ago. About some of the World War II prisoners that survived the infamous Bataan Death March in the Philippines. When they were liberated because of the horrendous nature of their captivity. Their disease. The deceit. They could not believe their good news. They thought it might be a hoax. I read in particular about a Captain Burt Bank from Alabama. Who had almost lost his eyesight because of a vitamin deficiency he suffered while imprisoned. And he would not move. He could not grasp the idea that imprisonment was over. And so they found a soldier from the deep south. And with that southern accent, he said, Captain, why don't you move? Don't you want to be free? And a smile started to come across his face. Because he heard a voice he could trust. And that voice is calling you by name. Because you weren't made for grave clothes. Easter is a person to trust. And freedom is a promise to wear. And so what we're going to do the next several weeks is we're going to talk about how do I dress in what I possess. How do I step into this kind of life I'm meant for. And I don't care who you are or what you've done. You were meant for this life. Because the Bible says that he gave his life. Life to purchase freedom for everyone. Free is for all. But you can't break free on somebody else's relationship to Jesus. You're going to have to start responding to his call, which means you're going to have to stop listening to the voice. Of a fourth day world. And so, one of my favorite stories is from the childhood of Booker T. Washington, who grew up on a plantation as a slave. And he said the most hated sound of his childhood was a rooster that would crow every morning long before the sun came up. It was the sound of slavery. It was the reminder of another back-breaking day, picking cotton, living in bondage, with no hope for a better future. And then one day a new voice came to the plantation. It declared that a man named Abraham Lincoln had signed something called the Emancipation Proclamation, and that slavery was over, that all were free. He went to bed and the next morning he heard that rooster again. But this time it sounded different. He looked out the window and his mother was chasing that bird with an axe. (laughs) And they had fried alarm clock for lunch. Because they destroyed the voice of slavery. And you can too. You weren't meant to shuffle through life. Because Easter is not a day. And Easter is not a doctrine. It's a lifestyle. Because it's a person. And he's calling your name. Do you believe this? So, Father, I'm praying right now. Believing with all my heart that your Holy Spirit is calling by name some people listening to me. They didn't get up expecting when they came to church today that anything would be different. But God, from the very first Easter Sunday, you've been doing things people didn't expect. And so we're claiming that right now. That we don't have to listen to fourth day logic anymore. We can be free in Christ Jesus and have the lives we were intended to have by our good Father. So give us the courage to step in the direction of Easter. Give us the courage to believe the voice of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand up. We've got prayer teams that are going to be upstairs and downstairs. And the first step to freedom is just to come and say, help. I admit my bondage. And by the way, did you know that in the very early days of the church when people got baptized, they were given new clothes too? They thought that the baptistry was a casket. You were burying that old life in it. So since you're a new person, you might as well get some new close at every service this weekend people have come to get baptized because they were ready to get forgiven and to be set free so please come while we worship